This is the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week for February 29th, 2020. DHS whistleblower did not kill himself either. Jason Cousin and I, Eric Runder Kingfist, talk about the mysterious death of Department of Homeland Security whistleblower Philip Hanley, who wrote the book See Something, Say Nothing. Mr. Hanley was critical of both the Bush and Obama administrations in their handling of the war on terror. We also talk about new revelations about MKUltra that have been detailed in the book Poisoner-in-Chief, Sidney Gottlieb and the CIA Search for Mind Control by Stephen Kinzer. But first we talk about having little sympathy for dumb people who make tragic mistakes and evil men who get exactly what they have coming to them and whether the lack of empathy on our part towards these people says something about our own humanity. The Fedora Chronicles is brought to you by our patrons on patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, get early access to the Fedora Chronicles radio show, the show page, and our show notes, behind-the-scenes banter, and more. Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles is where you can purchase t-shirts, coffee mugs, and more with our logo and slogans printed right on them. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks, with topics ranging from true crime and the paranormal. And let's not forget conspiracy theories. You can now listen to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. If your favorite podcast service does not have the Fedora Chronicles radio show on it, let us know and we'll fix that right away. Once again, here is Jason Cousineau and myself, Eric Render King Fisk, with the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week for February 29th, 2020. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. I'm trying really hard to reconcile how I feel about this guy, Mike Hughes, accidentally killing himself by getting onto a rocket so that he could prove that the earth is flat because he wanted to see it for himself. I'm, I'm having a really hard time mustering up any sympathy for this guy. And it's and here's an awful confession. And this is, I think that one of the reasons why this is such a great podcast is that I'm willing to literally or figuratively be naked on my own podcast and show who and what I really am, which brings up another topic that I'm going to bring up in a, little, in a minute. I have no sympathy for this guy who strapped himself into a rocket, shot himself up into the air. The rocket malfunctioned. And because of an engineering fault, he couldn't eject fast enough and parachute to safety. Yeah. And he's probably one of the world's most famous, quote, authorities, unquote, on flat earthism. And there's a, a well, small. Right. So, one thing to bear in mind, though, he is, he was a daredevil before he was a flat earther. Sure. He was famous for doing crazy. <laughs> right. Crazy shit. Like, he's in the Guinness's Book of World's Record. For doing a hundred and three foot jump in a Lincoln Town Car Stretch limousine. Okay, I mean that's kind of a fucked up thing to be in the Guinness's World Book of World Records for, but you know whatever. Right. 
You know, I, I do think we dodged a bullet because in 2018 he said he planned to run for governor of California. So maybe that's. <laughs> But the thing, but I think this Maybe has that's so, God sorting him out. You know what I'm saying? I think this has something more to do with my own prejudices. Like, and and I have a prejudice against people who do stupid things. Once I find out that you have a stupid belief, my stock in you plummets. If you believe the earth, well, is, not entirely because we're still friends and I have some pretty stupid beliefs. Well, <laughs> no, because you and I share some of the same stupid <laughs> beliefs. I think. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Like, if you honestly believe that all everybody in Australia that you see on TV are merely actors in Hollywood, and you actually believe that the Earth is flat and Antarctica is nothing more than a giant wall of ice circling this disk that's flying through space, and gravity is a mere theory... Yeah, I I want nothing to do with these people. I I have no sympathy or no pity for these people who can't get ahead in life because they believe in something so ridiculous. Another thing, like Apollo Eleven never landing on the moon. You would think that Russia and China would be yelling at the top of their lungs. The Americans are lying. The Americans right. are we've, lying. We've gone over this before. Right. There's nothing, there's no reason in the world why our political enemies would be willing to concede we made it to the moon. Yeah. Especially at the time when we made it to the moon. There was, there's no way Russia would have said, eh, fuck it, yeah, we'll, we'll let them go with this one. Yeah. There's no conceivable reason in the world why. You know? So, and also... You know, we use some of the things on the moon for current scientific studies. Like, we use, like, there's a reflective surface on the the lunar, part of the lunar module that's still on the moon. We use that to measure the distance from the moon. That's right. how we know the moon is moving away from us about 12 inches a year. That's kind of scary. Well, it is. But what's really scary is what's going to happen when it finally breaks orbit. Exactly. Yeah. Reminds me of Space 1999. <laughs> That's funny. It reminds me of Thundar the Barbarian. Goes to show where our heads are at. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that in Thundar the Barbarian, it was a giant rogue asteroid or a comet that raced between the Earth and the moon that caused right. the moon to fracture. Right, right. But then in space 1999, was it the moon that went flying? It, the, the, the moon was pushed out of orbit by nuclear explosions because okay, that's yeah. where the Earth stored all of its nuclear waste on the far side of the moon. But if there was an explosion on the far side of the moon... It would have slammed it into the Earth. It would have slammed it. That's, I have always had the hardest time dealing with that. That's the part that I've always had a hard time with. Unless I have it wrong, and and the uh, nuclear waste was stored on the side of the moon facing the Earth, that would make more sense. But we're not here to talk about space nineteen ninety nine. No, no, <laughs> you we're know. Not. But as tempting as it may be, as tempting as it may be, I don't know if we want to do an entire show on nineteen seventies science fiction TV shows. I think that one of the things that I'm really trying to reconcile with is my lack 
of empathy towards this flat earther that accidentally killed himself. And it's like, should, is that a problem that I have no empathy for this for this fellow because I have a prejudice well, of him being stupid? Okay, so two things on that. One, I do feel for the guy's friends and family. Okay. Okay, so I, I do have empathy for his friends and family. The yeah. loss of any human life is a tragedy. Right. But, you know... It's not like it was suicide. This guy was trying to, quote unquote, prove something that had already been disproven hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions, possibly billions and trillions of times. It has been proven. And yes, proven that the world is round. Right. And not flat. You like know, so there's. There's a part of you that's like, okay, so you're just picking and choosing what you want to believe you've been taught. Right. So you're willing to risk your life so that you can then say to a bunch of people who, who don't believe what other people say about this topic, so that you can then say, no, they're right, we're wrong. Right. And they're going to do what? They paid them off. That's going to be their first reaction. Oh, they paid them off to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're not listening to the evidence that has already been put before them hundreds, millions, thousands of trillions of times, one one guy from their side defecting to the other side because, hey, I'm a witness, is not going to do it. Right. This one guy, Mike Hughes, is not going to be able to convince me that the earth is flat. That's right. just not it's just it's just not going to happen. And right. yet from the other extreme. I believe in something that a lot of people think is it's pretty wacky. I don't think Lee Harvey Oswald was the guy who killed JFK. I'm convinced of it. Mm-hmm. After the after the mountain of literature, I guess you can call it, the, yeah. the mountain of text that I've read, the documentaries that I've seen, so much of what I've read and looked at and listened to, there's absolutely no way that Lee Harvey Oswald did it by himself. Just looking at the Manlicker Carcano rifle, just that alone, there's no way Lee Harvey Oswald fired off that many shots with that rifle and killed Jack Kennedy with that rifle. There's also a mountain of other evidence that there was something else going on outside the book depository. And there are people who think that I'm nuts there's a hatter that I admire, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to buy his products. He thinks I'm crazy for believing this. And at what point does, do you say, okay, you have a different belief system, and I'm just going to like, we're just going to agree to disagree. And, and then there's the other extreme, whereas I want nothing to do with this guy because he believes the earth is flat. And right. is there a, is there a line that should be drawn, or is it just sort of like let it go and move on to another topic? I, don't know, I think I think there is a line that should be drawn. I think there's um, there's a point when you're kind of being contrarian. Yeah, you know, um, this guy's full of shit, but it's okay for you to believe that something that other people think is full of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because you have your evidence and he has his evidence, right? Uh-huh. And kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning, you know, there's different levels of willful ignorance, right? So in the case of Lee Harvey Oswald, both sides can claim the other side as being willfully ignorant, okay? 
Yeah. But when it comes to like the flat earthers, there's a point in time when the evidence that the other side holds is so such a massive preponderance mm-hmm. that you have to be aware that you are going to great logical lengths to deny it. Yeah. And I think that's where the flat earthers are. And in in most cases, the anti-vaxxers, because there's a certain percentage of anti-vaxxers, I think, that they're dealing with something like their child has autism or something like that, which is very, very difficult to deal with. And they want to point fingers and not deal with the problem. So they want to spend at least part of their time pointing the finger, which to me is irresponsible parent irresponsible parenting. But that's just me. I'm also blessed enough to have had four kids, none of which have any signs of autism. Yeah. And I don't know. I know it can be a very, very difficult thing to deal with. So I'm not comfortable saying, hey, you're a bad parent. Because right. I don't know what it's like to go through what they're going through. Yeah. I haven't walked a mile in their moccasins, so to speak. Right. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I think it depends. It depends on how solid the evidence is against them. Like you looked into the anti-vaccine thing mm-hmm. because you thought, hey, they might have a point here. Right? Right. And then you came to a conclusion based on the results of that research. And then there's a point where people don't want to face the facts about it. They yeah. just want would rather be in denial. Right. Which I I don't understand, but I'm probably in denial about a few things. Like, you know, I don't consider rap music. I consider rap to be poetry. Still an art form. Still takes a great deal of talent and skill to do. Right. Just not really music. You know, some people think, okay, you know, they have a beat, rhythm, blah, 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 all that right. kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I've got my own foibles here. I'm, I'm, I'm standing in a glass house holding the rock going, do I really want to throw it? So um, I get it, though. Right. I do. I think because I'm, I'm. I'm looking at my list of ish topics, issues, my list of emotional issues that I'm unloading <laughs> on our listeners here. Cause, um, I, and just talking about my lack of empathy for bad people who come to horrible ends. Um, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Harvey Weinstein and, but not about the aspect of the fact that he's found guilty. That is, okay. be, beyond a doubt, this man should go to prison. What I really think should happen is that I think that he should be pushed off of a high building into a wood chipper so his remains can feed the sharks at the local aquarium. So his life so, can have some, some purpose and meaning at the end. I don't, I don't know, Eric. It sounds, sounds to me like you may not like this guy. I because there's, there's a slight chance. There's something about this guy, and it's when it, it it's when anybody who is rich and famous gets away with something awful and heinous, and when they yes. finally come to a just end, I'm like, yes, one for the good guys. Right. The one aspect of this that this story that made me sick is that Harvey Weinstein had to go through what could be considered every man's nightmare. Literally, I can't think of a single man who has not had a nightmare of something like this happening. The headline, page six, Harvey Weinstein 
trial juror describes seeing his naked photos. Yeah. I think that there's something primal and frightening about everybody having to see you naked and the world finding out your deepest, darkest secret. Right. And his, his horrible secret is that he had tiny genitalia and that he had horrible hygiene. And he was, he's probably the reason why a, der, a dermatologist or a dermatologist was able to send one of his kids to school because he, he had horrible acne. And everybody had, everybody in the jury pool had to look at pictures of him naked. Except, uh, uh, you know, he's essentially, essentially a human toad. There's no other way around oh, it. Jeez. You know? Um, and the thing is, is that, but he's a rapist. He's now yeah. a, convic a convicted rapist. And I have, I'm trying really hard to stomach the empathy for the fact that he was humiliated in front of a jury and everybody else who was there who also had to witness this. And here's Harvey Weinstein sitting in a room looking at other people, looking at pictures of him naked. And I'm just like, I have no sympathy for this guy. And it was just like, does that make me a bad person? He's still a human being. He's still being humili humiliated. Yeah, but I think in his case, it's it's how humiliating was it for all of those women? Exactly. To go through what he put them through. Exactly. To an extent, there's a just there's a sense of justice being served with this that makes it feel not slimy or smarmy in any way. You know, makes it feel almost good to know right. that he's you know he's he suffered a similar fate so now like the sentencing right him going to jail yeah that's just kind of icing on the cake right right and what's because going to happen to him he's gone he through jail. something similar to what his victims have gone right. through you know i in my opinion it's not enough but i do have three girls so. right right and i and, and i bet you that if anything happened i would get that phone call saying hey eric i got the tall building and I got the wood chipper. <laughs> I just he, I just need help shoving this guy off the roof. Um, and it was we we want to try and teach the kids to have empathy. Or but then some people make it so damn hard. People make it so hard. Like love your neighbor. Love your neighbor is a commandment. But you look at somebody who commits horrible heinous crimes. And it's really hard to love that neighbor. And that when you find out that the, your, this neighbor was found guilty of committing a heinous crime, all you can think about is like, wow, I really wish I could pull the trigger on this guy. I really wish I could be the one to flip the switch. Or I'd like him, I'd like my face to see the, be the last face he sees when he goes off to prison. Yeah. Knowing full well that I'm going to be <laughs> free and able <laughs> to podcast about what a horrible scumbag this was. And um, I don't know. I, and it was just like, I've always, tr I've always tried to be empathetic towards people who have done wrong, who have done horrible things. 
Something like this, though, it's really hard. I cannot fathom how anybody could ever forgive him for what he's done and people like him. Well, that... That's a difficult part of just being a human alive on Earth, yeah. right? And there are there are some people right now that are thinking this applies to their political opponents, which I completely disagree with. It's right. not about politics. This is about someone who by any measure has done something heinous, something that can best and only accurately be described as evil, mm-hmm. you know, in the case of Harvey Weinstein. And we have to, it feels like anyway, we ha- we should, if we want to be good people, we have to empathize with them. We have to recognize their own humanity, even if they are people who has denied that same humanity to other people, right? But it seems like they work so hard to make that difficult. Right, without you a know? doubt. I mean, to him, any starlet coming up was just an opportunity to get his dick wet. Right. You know, um, you want to be part of the Harvey Weinstein movie family, you've got to play with little Harvey. And that is such a vile, just evil, disgusting thing to do. You know, I mean, we'd like to think the world is a better place, but the truth is people like him exist and people like him still exist. Yeah. The Hollywood casting couch still exists. Mm -hmm. Um, If anything, it's more across the board, shall we say. In other words, back in the day, men didn't have to worry about that shit at all. Today, there are, you know, female casting agents and stuff like that. And they, you know, this hot young stud comes up. They want a good time. They got to help the, you know, they got to help her have a good time Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and then there's people that are same gender that want that, that, you know, expect that same quid pro quo. You know, you want to get further in the business. I want to have a good time. You know what I mean? Um, so it's very difficult to to apply what we've been taught as good moral standards to people, to try and have those good moral standards ourselves when you're trying to apply them to people who almost feel inhuman. And yeah. part of the reason why they feel inhuman is because we don't see them as humans. We don't, all we see is, he did this. He is a, a a predator. He is a person who conducted an activity that we all agree is vile. That's what we see, like Hitler, for example. Right. Right. Hitler, when he was alive, had family who loved him. He had family who despised him, right. by the way. But he did have friends. He did have family. He had people who cared about him. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of people who say, who now claim that Hitler did was unaware of the quote unquote final solution for the Jews, that that was something that was handled by people underneath him. Right. I think there's enough evidence to to say that no, (laughs) that is not the case, you know, but it's easy for us to say, to think of Hitler as just a vile, evil being. Right. And take the human out of it because that's all we see. We see the results of his decisions and the results yeah. of his actions. Now, what does that mean for us as people going through life? I don't know. Right. I don't know. I mean, I know I, I want to be, I, I, I don't want there to be another Hitler to put a group of right. people through what he put them through. Exactly. 
that's another level of evil. Yeah. But I also don't want there to be another Harvey Weinstein, you know? And the thing is, is like being raised in the Christian faith and having been a member of the Christian faith my entire life, justice is always tempered with mercy. But there's the levels of right. mercy, right. you know? And Harvey Weinstein being humiliated in public by everyone saying he's a fat fucking pig with a skin problem and a small dick is not equal to what he did to all of those women. And depending on who you believe, some young boys too. Yeah. Does not equate. Right. It's a small taste of what he did. But a small taste of what he did is like, you know, smelling garlic bread instead of actually eating it. I think that I'm really having a hard time with how jaded I have become at this age, looking at what happens to evil monsters. And I mean, I don't know if this means that you get some kind of a special award for saying I have sympathy for their family. And then you say that and I turn around and saying, well, you know what? Like his parents, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't have raised such a monster. Right. Okay. Because there's that part of it too, right? That part of it that's like, um, what did his parents do, his family do, you know, the people who grew up with, what did they do to contribute to that? If anything, they may not have done a damn thing. Yeah. You know, they may not have contributed in any way. He may have been hiding this from all of them and they had no fucking clue. We don't know. That's a great... We do know, yeah, you know, we do know that in other... In other cases, like serial killers, for example, a lot of times they hide that. This is but, a perfect segue, by the way. Yeah. But also, we know that with, with serial killers, there are signs that could have been picked up on, but the people that could have picked up on them were ignorant that they were signs. You know? Oh, he likes to go play with cats. Okay, but you're not paying close enough attention to him. But then again, it's not good for the child if you are, you know, the, the helicopter mom thing. That's not healthy either, you know? So like, for example, the, the Clybold and, and what's his face that shot up Columbine, right. right? These kids were building fucking pipe bombs in their parents' garages. I think the parent probably should have been aware of that. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. You know, I don't know everything my kids do online, but I know what they're doing. I know what yeah. they're doing in their rooms. You know, I know what, you know... For the most part, I know what they're doing when they're not home. I know where they are. And it's based not just on what they've told me, but also on other things that I have seen as a result. Like if someone says I'm going to the mall and they come back and they don't have anything and they keep doing that, they keep doing that. You start wondering, are you really going to the mall? What if they come back with bags of shit? You're like, oh, okay, you're spending money. So clearly you're going shopping. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know know your kid is up to something for various reasons. Right. Now, you wanted to talk about the origins of bad people. How did bad how do bad people become bad people? And I right. also I want to make sure that we do not lose our main topic. Okay. Just just as a, as a, as a quick aside, the main topic that we were going to be talking about was from the Washington Examiner, Obama DHS whistleblower found dead with gunshot wound in the head in California. I want, but I have got to get this off my chest before I lose my train of thought here. 
last week we talked for about 20 to 30 minutes or maybe even longer. It should have been its own show. Mm-hmm. It was so good and it was that long. We talked about Charlie Manson, Helter Skelter, and his, the possible role of the CIA's MK Ultra program that probably turned Charlie Manson into a serial killer. According to Tom O'Neill in his book, Chaos. And then immediately after that, I started to do some other reading. And coincidentally, I got this link. This is from February 18th, 2020. PBS NewsHour. After hearing of Whitey Bulger's LSD tests, Juror has regrets. Yeah. Um, Had I known... I would have absolutely held off on the murder charges, Juror told Associated Press in a recent interview. He didn't murder prior to the LSD. His brain may have been altered, so you could have said that he, was he really guilty? Question mark. At the same time, Ular said that the, that's the last name of the juror says that she would have voted to convict Bulger on the long list of other criminal counts, meaning he still would have likely died in prison. Um, Ular has, has spoken publicly about her regret before, but says her belief in the gangster was wrongly convicted on murder charges was reinforced after reading a new book by Brown University professor Stephen Kinzer, Poisoner-in-Chief, Sidney Gottlieb, and the CIA Search for Mind Control. The book digs into the dark tale of the CIA's former chief chemist and his attempt to develop mind control techniques by giving LSD and other drugs to unsuspecting individuals, including colleagues, and observing the effects. Quote, it was encouraging to know that I wasn't losing my mind, thinking it was important, Ular said. It told me, this is huge. I mean, how many lives were affected by this? We have no idea, end quote. So what did Eric do? Eric went to Audible, not a sponsor of the Fedora Chronicles radio show, but they should be. And I bought a copy, my own copy of Poisoner in Chief, Sidney Gottlieb's and the CIA search for mind control. And I'm I'm a quarter of the way through this book. Let me see what chapter is what what chapter is Eric on? It is probably one of the most fucked up books I have read since reading the book on Charlie Manson, if not more so. Oh, really? It is. Look, what what chapter am I on here? I don't know. I, I can't see through he, the microphone. He, here's a list of, of the chapter titles. I need more of a challenge, talking about Sidney Gottlieb's early years and what led him to joining the CIA's program. Dirty business. Willing and unwilling su- suspects. The Secret That Was Going On to Unlock the Universe. Chapter 5, Abolishing Consciousness. Chapter 6. Any that ever- just doesn't sound good. It is. It's sort of like one of those things where it's like, I, I try to read one chapter a day going to and from work. This is one of those chapters whereas I'm listening to this. I'm listening to this book, and I literally have to pull over to the side of the road and digest what did I just read. 
allegedly, according to the book, and this is from author Stephen Kinzer, who also wrote the book, The Brothers, about about Alan, Alan Dulles, who is the head of the CIA and, and his, his brother, um, literally, literally abducting people and like literally abducting people off the streets or finding people at cocktail parties or at concerts and say, hey, want to get high? And of course, if you're a stoner. <laughs> in, in the 70s, in the early 70s, going into a party and saying, want to get high is a sure way of getting laid. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Unless, of course, in, in, in the case where some of these people wake up in an abandoned wake up in an abandoned warehouse half naked wet cold and hungry with some pretty wild freaking memories that make absolutely totally no sense the cia or a branch of the cia under mk ultra literally abducted people that they found at random submitted them to all of these strange tests and then just dumped them somewhere. Some of these people allegedly never seen or heard from again. And some of the people who were seen and heard from, their minds were literally destroyed. Their lives were destroyed because they couldn't think straight. They couldn't process information correctly. And they were paranoid, schizophrenic, had, delu- had these wild delusions and hallucinations and this is for the rest of their lives. This is for this the rest of their like lives. Just for the remainder of the trip. People, this is yeah, people, permanent damage. People who were taken Friday night until Monday morning, given massive doses of LSD, and wound up being severely permanently damaged for the rest of their lives. And this is our government did this. Right. Our, so now, okay, so there's two two things going through my head sure. right now. One is, holy shit, what the yep. fuck did our government do? Right. The other one is, holy shit, what do people willingly do to themselves? You know what I mean? Because some people take this stuff recreationally, you know? And does it... Is there a difference between between taking one massive dose all at once or and taking several smaller doses over an extended period of time is is that effect cumulative or is it something where as long as you do it don't do it all at once it's not going to affect you as bad exactly I, and that's that's from, that, to my knowledge they haven't done any studies on that oh Maybe yes they have was trying to do <laughs> oh yes they have <laughs> oh yes they have oh yes they they have and that and i haven't even gotten to the chapter on Operation Midnight Climax. That doesn't sound at all provocative. Operation Midnight Climax is when they would, like, tempt horny young men. Because that's difficult. That's really difficult. And and um, Operation Midnight Climax is everything that I just told you amped up by several degrees. Oh, my. And it was it's like, this is what your government did. If you were an American, this is what your government did. Now, and I've, I've told this story a couple of times before. I think I touched upon it um, last week's episode. I think, I think everybody called her Crazy Mary. 
there was a woman who would escape from the Brattleboro retreat and she'd wind up at nearby houses or businesses naked or wearing nothing but a hospital gown and say, my name is Mary. I'm from New York State. I was abducted by the CIA and they're performing experiments on me with drugs. And people say, okay, Mary, okay, I'm going to get you a ride and then send her back to the Brattleboro Retreat. Now, this sounds is, like something from a horror movie. Sounds like something from a horror movie. Now, of course, you're, you, you know, you're a kid. Well, yeah. I and, mean, I don't, I don't blame kids. But, right. You're a kid you know, and you think this is just a wild story. Adults are trying to say, if you're really bad, I'm going to drop you off at the Brattleboro Retreat. Don't don't misbehave. Get your homework done. You don't want right. to turn. You don't want to be like crazy Mary. And then of and then course, we, and then they close it down like seven years later because of the abuse that they were putting the inmates through and shit like that. Yeah, I and mean, none I, of the adults say, "Huh? Whoa. Wonder what happened to crazy Mary?" And of course, and Eric is reading this book about MK Ultra, and we're kind of like, "Oh, ooh." Now I don't I don't I don't know if the Brattleboro Retreat is still doing that stuff. I have no or idea. Ever, it ever, or if it ever really participated in the government program. Right. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. It is also possible Crazy Mary was just fucking crazy. Yeah, we still have some time to go here. We're we we, we haven't even gotten to the, the, the meaty good stuff yet. Well, let's dig in, dude. What are we waiting for? I'm just I'm, times I, I, are burning because because Harrison has the week off and he wants to know when he when is he going to um, go to the library. The kid is fighting and struggling and begging me to go to the library. He's begging dude, me that's awful. to drop that's me off. What the fuck kind of a parent are you? Your children? We haven't leave. even got to the biggest conspiracy theory of the week, and you want me to stop recording <laughs> and take you to the library? So you can get your nerd on. I mean, it's just one of those moments where you're like, hey, have some patience, but I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you for being such a nerd. But at the same time, oh, he's going to watch me record the rest of the the, the podcast. The, 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 biggest, yeah. the biggest story of the week um, comes from us, from the National Examiner, who's done some of the greatest reporting on this issue so far. This is from February 22nd, 2020. Washington Examiner, Obama DHS, Department of Homeland Security, whistleblower found dead with a gunshot wound in California. I don't think that he was shot in the California. I think he was shot in the head. And it happened in oh. California. Yeah, yeah. Phil I mean, well, there's, there's no excuse for editing. Right. Philip Hanley, unless, of course, I copied and pasted wrong. Philip Hanley, a former Department of Homeland Security official during the Obama administration who blew the whistle on his own agency, was found dead Friday with a gunshot wound about 40 miles east of Sacramento, California. The, the Amador County Sheriff's Office confirmed to the Washington Examiner that deputies and detectives responded to reports Friday morning at 10.12 a.m. of a male subject on the ground with a gunshot wound in the area of Highway 124 and Highway 16 
in Plymouth, California. Quote, upon their re- arrival, they located and identified 66-year-old Philip Hanley, who was deceased and appeared to have suffered a single self-inflicted gunshot wound. A firearm was located next to Hanley and his vehicle. This investigation is active and ongoing. No further details will be released at this time, the sheriff's office said in a statement. The Amador County Sheriff's Office would not respond to any further questions. Now, this comes after a book that Philip Hanley wrote, which is on my stack of books to be read. And what was the name of the book that he read or wrote, Jay? I don't know, Eric. Please, clue me in. When you read this headline, I think that you are going to... (laughs) I think that you're going to be a little shocked. Shocked, I tell you. And of course, pop-ups. Yeah. You you can stay. Are you going to go get a chair? (laughs) You're going to go get a chair. He's going to go get a chair. Woohoo! The Fedora Chronicles radio show's News of the Week for February 29th, 2020 was filmed in front of a live audience. (laughs) Philip Hanley wrote the book, See Something, Say Nothing. A Homeland Security officer exposes the government's submission to jihad. So basically, his entire book is about how... Um, oh, let, let me just read the description here. Because people are going to probably going to be like screaming at me. Read the description! Read the description! One day, a prominent U.S. Muslim leader reacted, reacted to the November 2015 Paris attacks with a declaration that Islamic State, also known as ISIS, had nothing to do with Islam. President Obama made the same assertion. Who exactly is the enemy we face, not only in the Middle East, but also within our borders? Is it a murder without coherent creed or a nihilistic killer who wants to tear something down? Or, as some described ISIS after a a 130 after 130 people were brutally slain and another 368 injured in a coordinated attacks on Western soil that authorities say was organized with help from, from inside France's Muslim community. After the Paris attack, Obama himself described ISIS as simply a network of killers who are brutalizing local populations. But and that's, ha- that's the Charlie Hebdo, Hebdo stuff, right? I think no. Um, no, it's, Charlie Hiddo was another was another terrorist attack. Okay, so the, um, it's the yeah. timing thing I'm trying to sort out. Okay, keep going. I'm just going to go through here. In see something, say nothing. Hanley, a charter member of DHS with previous experience in the Middle East and co-author Art Moore, exposes just how deeply the submission, denial, and deception run. Hanley's insider eyewitness accounts supported by internal memos and documents exposes a federal government capitulating to an enemy within and punishing those who who, uh, reject the narrative. And the thing is that this thing goes on um, like literally for paragraphs and paragraphs. 
Basically, Hanley does not just go after the Obama administration. He goes after the entire war on terror and how many aspects of the war on terror is just essentially, it's a fraud, it's a front. And the thing is, is that we have all of this, it have all of this evidence that proves that these people are bad people. These are, these people are committing these atrocious attacks, but where do they really come from? And, and what are, what are they doing? Why are they doing what they're doing? And he basically lays out the fact that we're allowing these boogeymen to do what they do. So the military industrial complex has a stated mission and goal. And that we're turning a blind eye to the location of where these terrorists are so we can have a boogeyman to point to and say, see, this is why you need to give trillions of dollars to the military industrial complex so we can go after these people. So it sounds like this guy is not a right winger. No. I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. So he wrote this book and he he basically lays out the case about how it's either the Muslim Brotherhood and ISIS are a manufactured construct of secret black ops organizations within the US government and they're doing what they're doing to manufacture a boogeyman or they really are the boogeyman we say they are, but we're letting them do what they do. So we have a boogeyman to vilify. Well, you see, here's, this is the hard, the, the struggle on my end, right? I can see the government doing either. Right. You know, I can see them. Um, this is, this is the joy of conspiracy theories for me right. anyway, because if you tell a secret to three people, it's no longer a secret. You know, I think, you know, some people say two people cannot keep a secret. I disagree. I think two people can. Three people, probably not. And the more people you add to it, the less likely it is that that secret's integrity will be held. Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time believing these overreaching conspiracies of like the deep state and all that stuff. Instead, it makes more sense to me that the deep state does exist but it's incidental, not on purpose. So I don't think we've manufactured nine, like nine 11 was right. not something that we knew about and allowed to happen just because the number sheer number of people that would have had to have been aware that it was happening right. and then agreeing to follow orders in perpetuity to not reveal that, right. they, that we knew belies my belief of the capability of people to withhold a secret of that magnitude, because that's the other thing, the larger the secret, the harder it is to keep. Right. Right. So that's just kind of how my mind grasps these things. It's hard to imagine that there would be a number of people, a large number of people who were involved in manufacturing 9-11-2001. It's, right. it's, it's impossible to imagine that you would need a large number of people to set, on, to set explosives in both World Trade Tower buildings. Under the watchful eye of everyone who goes into those buildings every goddamn day. Sure. By the way. Or, or do, that's the other level. 
or do right. that all in one night. It's hard to imagine. One night's work couldn't have done that. I beg your pardon? One, one night's work couldn't have done that. They couldn't have put enough explosives in there in one night in such a way that no one was aware of it. It's hard because to imagine. there would have been signs of it. There it, would have been evidence of it. You would have seen construction crews. You would have seen people acting suspiciously. But keep in right. mind that this is this is the world of September 10th. 2001 where it never right. occurred to anybody there had already been one botched attempt by terrorists to blow up one of the world trade towers and right. failed and was, yeah it's like 20 years earlier 10 years earlier something like that I crisis think, yeah. averted no need to worry just get back to your daily lives as if nothing ever yeah. happened okay right and then to turn around and less than 10 years later a, a group of terrorists find another approach, fly planes into the building. I have a really hard time with a lot of these conspiracy theorists who believe that these airplanes were not the airplanes that, that, the, that the FAA say they were. they were. They were robotically controlled. I really have a hard time with that. Well, the problem comes in is that there's the more complex the conspiracy theory, the less likely it is that it actually happened. Right. The more simple the, the conspiracy theory, the more plausible it becomes. Just because is it possible to remotely control a a liner uh, a, a cruise liner jet, a passenger jet like that? Yeah, it's possible. Using However, in order to do so right. with the technology available at the time, you would have had to have had buy-in from hundreds of people, hundreds of people. That's going to leave tracks. Yeah. Those tracks are going to be found. Those people would be found. Truth would be found. That's just how the way the world works today. Now, I'm not saying that everything's like a, you know, like a, a police procedurals television show where every crime gets solved because not every crime does. No, absolutely but not. This isn't an everyday fucking crime. No, this is 2,700 people dead. Right. And people screaming for answers. So. You bet your damn, you bet your ass, this is going to get investigated through multiple different channels, right. by multiple different agencies, in multiple different ways. The truth will out under those circumstances. Sure. That's just all there is to sure. it. Sure. And you, you, would, you would think that somebody who was involved with the 9-11-2001 conspiracy would have come forward already shown up at the Washington Post or the New York Times or the 60 Minutes office at CBS and said, here's all the evidence I was involved in setting the explosives that caused the Twin Towers to collapse. Now, here's the other thing about that, right? Yep. We know of an interview that was scheduled to happen with a respected news analyst and a guy by the name of Epstein. Yep. That never happened. Right? Right. Remember, she was ranting about that. We we almost had him. We almost had him kind of a thing. But yep. then someone pulled the plug on it. Right. What are the chances that someone's going to walk into an office like that, not be seen by somebody because they're like, yeah, no one's going to believe this, and then still be walking around afterwards? I would like to think that if it was me, I would ra I would rather be dead then hold this secret for the rest of my life 
that I was involved in the death of 3,000 people. Well, that's just it, right? Because, I mean, that's a, it's a hell of a burden to have. It's, that's, that's a weight that you carry every damn day. Every day you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, there are thousands of families wanting answers that I could provide, yeah. and I am not going to do it. Yeah. That's a, that's a hell of a thing. I don't think many people could do that. Certainly not the number of people required to hold the conspiracy right. as long as it has been held to keep that secret. I think that is highly unlikely. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Doesn't mean that it's not a remote possibility. It means that it's unlikely to have happened. Of all of the things that could have happened, that is one of the things I think is least likely. Right. Um, but we kind of gone off track here because that's what we do. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we do. <laughs> that's what we do but, here. But, I, but, but, but beyond that, you know, like this guy, from what I read of the article, and I don't have it in front of me at sure. the moment. Whatever. Because um, there's a follow-up that we need to he address was, here. He was engaged to be married. He had a, if I remember correctly, it was like a book deal coming out or something. There was Ano- a big another, another book deal coming out. Another book deal coming up. He had good things happening in his life at the time he allegedly decided to kill himself. Or perhaps we should say around the time he was Epstein. Well, because this is, this is from a couple of days ago. This is from February 24th. This is an update from the Washington, Washington Examiner. I also have other links to similar news stories to sort of back this up. Washington Examiner, Sheriff's Office say authorities have not yet concluded whether Obama DHS whistleblower's death was by suicide by Kerry Pickett, like I said, February 24th, 2020. The Amador County Sheriff's Office said the death of Philip Hanley, a former Department of Homeland Security official during the Obama administration, is still under investigation and has not yet conclusively ruled a suicide. Unquote. Unfortunately, there was misinformation immediately being put out that we have determined that Mr. Hanley's death was to be a suicide. But this, this is, is not where, the case. This is where you... Cru- where is huh? where you cue the Trump heads? Fake news, fake right. news. This is not the case. We are currently in the beginning phase of our investigation. And any final determination to be the cause and manner of Mr. Haley's death would be extremely premature and inappropriate. The office announced Monday night in a press statement. No determination will be made until all the evidence is examined and analyzed. It added... Well, see, now, I w- that's the kind of statement I would expect to come from a police office, you know, from from the police that are invest- people investigating that crime. That's the kind of statement I would make. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not saying it's suicide. We've heard the outrage. We read the outrage on Twitter, and we're going to backpedal because we don't want to be accused of being a part of a cover-up again. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on, though. Were they, was anyone ever quoted from the police department saying that it was a suicide? In the earlier article that I had read, there there was, um, there were quotes saying that it was a suicide. There, were, but they were quotes from whom? Are they were they quotes from representatives of? The it was police? supposed to be. It was supposed to be quotes from. 
Yeah, but if they're taken off record, that could be anyone. That could right. be someone walking by. You right. find a guy dead with all its all its yeah on the ground next to him. It's suicide. All you they know I mean? all they said it was from a spokesman from the sheriff's oh. office said blah blah oh. blah. So they said it was a spokesman. Right. Okay. No specific names. No specific names. Well, plausible deniabilities, King. Right. Yeah. No. I, I honestly, I don't think this guy committed suicide. I really don't. Was he killed because of what he's saying about the Obama administration? Eh, I don't know. That's more of the Clinton style than Obama style. Right. But, you know, um, and people are going to be laughing about that. But I don't know. I just don't. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like when someone commits suicide, you can see signs after the fact, even if there's no note. Yeah. Why would he drive to the desert, the side of the road? Because he had been dead for several hours before his body was reported. Sure. Why would someone who's committing suicide do that? Well, we got this other article that I have queued up, ready to go. I knew you'd have one. <laughs> corner slams this is from breitbart so of course take well, it with take, salt. take it from a grain of salt from your official breitbart salt shaker corner slams quote misinformation unquote obama dhs whistleblower death not ruled suicide under investigation the corner for the Andor County Sheriff's Office in California on Monday criticized the spread of, quote, misinformation, unquote, surrounding the death of Obama administration-era whistleblower Philip Hanley, saying it is extremely premature and inappropriate to, de de to deem it a suicide. The $10,000 question is... Who ordered this hit? Now, see, I, to me, I don't. That's incidental. Who ordered it is incidental, right? It it'll help you arrive at the real answer we want. Why? What has he not said yet that would be so damaging that it's worth killing him over? Because what he know? What could he prove? What could he say that was so damaging? And to whom? That it meant he had to die because that's that's it, right? When you when when the police look at a murder suspect, they look for motive, opportunity. Motive is key because motive usually leads to the person who's guilty, right? That's why serial killers are such a fascinating study for criminology because their motives are completely self-serving, right? Um, most people's motives are self-serving, but it's it's more of an emotional self-service whereas like they haven't felt betrayed by the victims or anything like that it's it's a detached sort of motivation right with real killer so with someone like this a gun by his head does that mean he was shot in the head from a distance and he was trying to he had a gun and he was trying to defend himself but the killer got the drop on him there's a lot that that could mean. Was it planted there to make it look like a suicide? Because now you start talking conspiracy and that's yeah. when shit gets complicated. You know, there's so much information we don't know. All we know is that he was found dead. There was a gun by his head, by right. body. By the body could be five feet away, which would not indicate suicide. It could be six inches away, which would indicate suicide. 
there's a lot going on that we just don't have the facts for. No. And anyone saying that, oh, it's suicide, or it can't possibly be suicide, they don't know. It could still be suicide. It's just everything else in his life, the other, the other circumstances of his life would indicate suicide is unlikely. The fact that he wrote this book slamming two administrations and all of Department of Homeland Security and all the other organizations that's in charge of fighting Islamic terrorism all over the world is he, he made a lot of enemies. Well, yeah, but it's also there. There you go back to a possible personal motive. It could be an agent in one of those agencies that is looking at this guy thinking, hey, he's going to ruin everything. You know, we've got a good thing going on here, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't necessarily indicate conspiracy right. that is being held at the highest levels. There's right. no evidence here to suggest that, you know, oh, Obama ordered the hit or Bush ordered the hit. There's nothing here to indicate that. Right. I mean, it's... And by the way, we really have to say this. We have to be really clear on this. We don't think Obama himself had said, hey, he's making too much noise. He's talking again. Put a cap in his ass. And while you're at it, drive over to New Hampshire and shut that fucker up, Eric Fisk, in his stupid fucking hat. I'm tired (laughs) of him. Tired of his horrible... Presidential imitations. <laughs> Get rid of his ass. Well, I don't know. That last part could be possible, but right. the the truth is, is yeah, we're not saying we're not saying it was anyone highly placed. We're not saying right. it was Obama or Bush or anyone like that. Yeah, but you know, the deep state again, as my understanding, of the deep state is a bunch of people who coincidentally have the same goals. There's no conspiracy involved. There's no people you know twirling their mustaches behind the scenes and plotting the the control of the world i don't think the illuminati exists you know so it's if it is something that would be quote-unquote deep state it would be an incidental deep state in other words someone's like hey this fucker doesn't shut up then they may start looking at other things and you know it could be that the person who did it is just someone that's corrupt and they don't want and it deep enough investigation to find out what they've been doing. It could be, it could literally be anything. It could have been, you know, he got mugged. Like some Seth Rich. Cokehead. Yeah. Some cokehead on the side of the road could have, you know, you know, acted like they're injured or something. So he stopped to help him. And then the guy tried to kill him. You know what I mean? We, we don't know. There's nothing here to indicate conspiracy. Except it would be really fun if it was. It's 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 just convenient that of all the people who were killed in this manner, it happens to be this guy. Right. Right. And that's where you're straining credulity again. Or am I? <laughs> right? Because what are the odds that a guy who's involved in shit like this is going to get mugged? Seth well, Rich. More than anyone else's. But here's here's the thing. It's like you look at somebody like Seth Rich. Seth Rich was a DNC employee who worked on their technology, their 
their IS or their IT systems. Seth Rich had access to all of this information. Julian Assange claimed that Seth Rich was the whistleblower as the one who sent him all the information that he, like all of John Podesta's and Hillary Clinton's and Huma Aberdeen's emails on WikiLeaks. Yeah. After Seth Rich was murdered on what was apparently a botched mugging or botched robbery. We don't know. And the thing is, I mean, and this reminds us of Vince Foster. Vince Foster was found dead. Committed suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head. In the back of the head. With, and he left behind two suicide notes with two different handwriting styles. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Philip Hanley, um, left two suicide notes. We don't know that, but I'm just saying that this is reminiscent of Vince Foster. Vince Foster was going to blow the whistle and was going to have a press conference. And next thing you know, he's found dead. Right. Awfully convenient. It's awfully convenient. And I'm looking for a news story. I just had, I just had this up. A second ago, it was from, it's from a dubious. I love the dubious sources. They always say the craziest shit. I'm just looking it up really quickly. This is from, and this is what throws me off because the website is CCN, not CNN, CCN. (laughs) Okay. Um, Then the author's name is Laura Hoy, and she has a... Do I want to click on her Twitter link? I'm not. I'm not sure. So, su- go wow, wow, go for it. Suicide. Obama era DHS whistleblowers. Friends said he feared for his life. Friends of Philip Hanley, the Obama era DHS whistleblower, says he worried about his well-being constantly following the revelations in his book. And so you scroll, and of course, don't accidentally clo- click on any of the side. Don't click on any of the ads. <laughs> Philip Hanley, a DHS whistleblower during the old Obama administration, it forgets to say the also during the Bush administration as well. He did his whistleblowing during the Obama administration. Let's skip that. Well, um, yeah, but he's he's blowing the whistle on yeah. both administrations. Those closest to him say he feared for his well-being following the release of his first book. And you scroll and you scroll and you scroll and it's like, where, where, oh, where? Oh, by the way, here it is. I'm also going to point to an article from um, Acorn News about... Um, uh, more from the um, the coroner's office about you know what I had read earlier. So the thing is, is that I'm scrolling through here, and it's like one of one of Hanley's friends told CCN that Philip had been ex- expecting this kind of a scenario. The DHS whistleblower told their friend circle of friends, told yeah, if he was ever found dead, it would n- not be because of suicide. One of Hanley's closest friends who asked not to be named confirmed that he had feared for his life both before and after releasing his book. He spoke to Philip the day before he went missing, telling CCN.com, I will probably be the last person to talk to him. 
really talked to him in depth before he died. But no name attached to any of this. Right. What's the name of the friend? Yeah. See, I, I've decided that once if I get diagnosed with like terminal cancer, I'm not going to tell anybody that I have terminal cancer. I'm going to just start telling people that, you know, I've been being followed and it's a result of something that I saw when I was in the Coast Guard and I'm still trying to figure out what it is. But if <laughs> I die, it's not going to be because <laughs> of natural causes. <laughs> Because that's the kind of sick bastard I am. <laughs> what a great way to promote the website. <laughs> oh man! But but that's but here's the thing. On a personal level, I have been harassed by two people from the Department of Homeland Security because of what I oh. wrote about the TSA. They claimed they were the Department of Homeland. They Security. claimed they were they were from yeah, the. They showed you badges from a department that doesn't have badges. The Department of Homeland Security is a parent organization. Underneath them is right. the FBI, the Coast Guard, various other organizations. I think the uh, sure, uh, yeah, I think INS falls under them now. Um, ICE. So the, you don't badge the parent company; you badge the people underneath it. So whoever was knocking on your door that day, right? We're trying to get you to think they were working for the Department of Homeland Security because of what because of what I wrote in that article. The information is not secure. That was critical of the TSA. The same article that is often removed from search engine results on Google. Right. Which reminds me, we're going to do this again. Got to double check it. See if it's back. They're really bipolar about the way they. It's. I wish they'd just be damn consistent. <laughs> if you if you don't want people reading it, at least be consistent on how you're hiding it. What the fuck? Crossfire Hurricane is up. <laughs> <laughs> guess I'm telling. Guess what's guess what's missing from the. <laughs> guess look what's missing again. Really. I just did a search. The Fedora Chronicles, the information is not secure. Jeez. These people make up their damn minds. <laughs> you can let us read it or not. What the hell? Come on, Google. Pull your heads out of your asses. On, on page one, you cannot find it. On is page... it on page two or three? Or... No. It's, so it's not like it's just being buried you know, below nope. the fold speak no huh that is interesting once again i'm 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 searching via duck duck go yep did you find it nope i haven't started looking though Page one of your search results on DuckDuckGo. Once again. Oh, now yeah. it shows up. It's the fourth. It was the fourth uh, response on DuckDuckGo for me. If you do a Google search for the information is not secure, colon, the Fedora Chronicles wrote. Yeah. I just put in the information is not secure, the Fedora Chronicles, all like a run on yep. fucking grammatical nightmare sentence. 
and it's not showing up on Google on page one. On DuckDuckGo, it's showing up as the fourth article. And let's see a couple of other search engines. What does Yahoo have? Yahoo has it as the first result. And Bing also has it as the first result. So what the hell does that tell you? Well, it could. All right. So search engines can be programmed to work in different ways. What it tells me is that Google's algorithm is either faulty or they're burying it. Right. Yeah. Now I'm looking on, there's only three pages of results and it is not on the second page and it is not on the third page. So that tells me Google doesn't, is not drawing those results either due to incompetence or because but they I, don't want those results showing. But up. here's the thing. Now, I, it could I've, be that it could be that their their algorithm is weighted that there's not there hasn't been enough traffic going to it, and it's beyond a certain age, so they're not showing it. That could be how they they weigh their search. Yeah, but it's still showing up. Like I said, it's the fourth result on DuckDuckGo. It's the first result on Yahoo, and the first result on Bing. People at work laugh when I will use Bing to search for things, but right. I found that if I'm doing something where I'm looking for a technical answer, a technological right, right. to a technological question, Bing gives me better results. Right. So and not ironically, when I'm looking for things relating to Windows, Bing gives me the best results. If it's relating to Mac, it's not so good. Yeah. So So but the thing is it's really easy to be a paranoid when people are out to get you. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get me. Well, but yeah. But the simple the simple fact of the matter is that he was in the process. I'm talking. I'm 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 switching gears again. I'm, back I'm, to, yeah. I'm switching back um, mm-hmm. to the Phil Hanley. He was in the process of writing a second book. And according to this one site with dubious credibility, he told people that if anything should happen to me, quote, it's not a suicide. Now, here's, I mean, here's the thing. Do we, who else should be worried? Who else should be worried about these, about about stories like this? Who else should be worried and concerned about what, what could possibly happen? if they speak out against the things that the government is doing? Well, I mean, you, the you, people, I think the people who should worry the most, and I'm not saying anyone should really worry about it, but the people who should worry the most are the people who know the darkest secrets. And, and beyond that, the people who should be worried even more so are the ones who know about the dark secrets and have fucking proof. Right. I mean, because it's easy to deny something, but if someone has proof of something, it becomes harder to deny it. Well, then how do you explain that? How do you explain this kind of a thing? So, which is why, you know, kind of circle back a little bit to the, you know, the flat earth thing. That doesn't make any damn sense to me because how do you also explain these other things? And they, they, they say they're using science to explain it, they're really not. They're really using kind of fringe science. Right. Uh, things that 
have either been disproven or have yet to be proven. They're they're fringe theories that they're that they're using to justify and explain something. Um, so it's in in cases like this, if you know something that is dangerous for the government and you have hard proof of it, I think that is only only under those circumstances would I be worried about it. Right. And even then I wouldn't be to reveal it. Hold on, could you say that again? You, know, you broke you, up for a second. Could you say it again? Have the evidence is Hold on a second. Mm -hmm. Hold on a second. Yeah, we're we're starting to lose our our, our internet connection because it's because oh, kid. Shit. I gotta go to work. <laughs> oh. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Federal Chronicles Radio Show with hosts Jason Cousineau and Eric Renderking Fisk. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our past shows, show notes, and recent articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook after you found it so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with comments and show topic suggestions. We might even read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash fedorachronicles. From your dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt or coffee mug. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and all the others on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme song for this show is Royal Flush by All of Music. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is edited and produced by Eric Render King Fisk. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2019-2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of Jason Cousineau, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chin up and your fedora on. 